Take your Bibles today, if you have them, and turn to the book of First Timothy. First Timothy, the, t- my message today might be a little, uh, a little bit out of the ordinary. I want to kind of use something I'm sure you're all familiar with to kind of uh, to get a point across with you. But today, what I'm going to be talking about is the real Superman. The real Superman. Now, we're all familiar with Superman. Uh, they got a new Superman movie coming out. It's probably going to be, you know, one of the biggest things. I mean, it's going to make gross millions of dollars and everybody's all excited about it. Uh, all the Superman memorabilia and stuff is going to be all over the place because, you know, it's, it's Superman. And boy, we love superheroes in our culture. I mean, everywhere you go, it's, you know, the Avengers, this, DC Comics stuff, you know, Spider Man, Batman, all that stuff. I mean, just fascinated. With superheroes, and but today we're going to talk about the real Superman, and I think that you will uh, think you all probably know who I'm going to be talking about. But I want you to see. But there's a reason I call him. Uh, I'm going to call him Superman, and it has nothing. I'm not. I would not dare compare Jesus to Superman. Okay, that would be blasphemy. Now, there's a lot of stuff in Superman that they do that's kind of comparing him to Jesus. You know, his father sending him to earth to save the earth and all these things. And blasphemy, by the way. But uh, I, want, I want to show you some things because uh, we are so fascinated by these things in our country and in our culture. And listen, I, I'm not going to say that uh, I, don't, I don't get a kick out of Superman myself. All right? I. Since I was a little kid, I liked Superman. When I was a kid, I'd always put a blanket on my shirt and have it like a cape and jump around trying to fly around. I did one time I bit a big hole in my tongue when I took a fall. I had to, I had to go to the hospital because I was not Superman. And uh, but uh, I tell you, we are we're, we're fascinated with those things. And really, uh, when you th- when you think about what it is that attracts us to that. And what makes us so fascinated by that, when we study the life of Jesus, we ought to really be excited about Him and fascinated with Him and obsessed with Him. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, we, went, we read this verse last week, but it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. I tell you, I like how first them, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, he, he was God, by the way, but He was also a man. But Jesus Christ, I mean, was tell you, he was not just he was not a man like you and I. There was a huge difference. There was something completely different about him. And it was that fact that he didn't have that sin nature. Sin has always been a destroyer of man. Sin is the one. It's it's ruined everything. The reason uh we're dealing with sickness right now is because of man's sin. Okay, when this world was created, it was a paradise. There wasn't sickness. There wasn't death. That came as a result of sin. The pain that we face and the things that we have to deal with, they are all a result in one way or another of sin. And you know, there's been, and in the Bible, there's some examples, I think, of people that were, uh, I think what we would call supermen, but not the superman. One example was Adam. You study what the Bible says about Adam. Adam was an amazing man. Remember, when God created Adam, man hadn't sinned yet. Adam was the perfect man. He was perfect. Adam was originally, he was without sin. Adam was was the one that named all the animals. Before Eve came along, God gave Adam a job to do. And He said, I want you to name all the animals. And He did it. 
That took quite a brain. I mean, can you imagine just trying to memorize the names of all the animals? We couldn't do it. But being the one that came up with it, him being a perfect man without sin, there's no telling what his abilities were. The Bible doesn't say a whole lot about different things that Adam did. But one thing we know about Adam, he lived to be 930 years old. I think we would call that a superman. How, how did it, of course, it was different back in those days. Uh, you know, sin hadn't quite taken its toll on the earth like it has today. It was kind of a slow process. This was before the flood. There's a lot of scientific things you can talk about there. But Adam, as amazing as he was, he was still unable to say no to his wife. And he brought death into the world. His wife said, hey, the Bible says that Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived though. Adam willfully sinned. And Adam, by himself, he fell. He brought sin into the world to pass upon all men. Another example of what we would probably call a superman in the Bible was a man named Samson. The strongest man in the Bible. He killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He was an amazing man. He killed a lion with his bare hands. He caught 300 foxes. Man, I, I don't know how... I, Sometimes the Bible will state these amazing things people did and it doesn't say a whole lot more about it. You're like, wait a minute. God, three, how did he do that? He didn't do it with traps. And this guy, he obviously had some speed too, along with strength. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. He carried the city's gates to the top of a hill. He brought down an entire house that 3,000 people were in with his own hand. He was able to push the pillars out and caused that building to fall and took took out 3,000 Philistines along with his own life. But Samson was unable to control himself when it came to women. He was allowed he allowed a woman to get the better of him and he shared the secret of his strength with her. She cut his hair off. I mean, he was constantly getting involved with harlots and things. I mean, they got him in trouble one time after another when you read the story. Samson, while he was an amazing man with amazing abilities, he couldn't handle sin. Sin ended up destroying him. Samson ended up getting his eyes put out. He was, uh, he, uh, he was, when he was in that uh, stadium with all those 3,000 people, he was being mocked and made fun of because he was this man that the Philistines were scared of, but now he was weak. He was without power, and God was merciful, and He gave him power one more time to defeat his enemies. But another superman, I think we would say, is a man by the name of Moses. Probably the greatest leader this world has ever seen. God said he was the meekest man that ever lived. But even though Moses was a very meek man, his temper often got the better of him. He killed. We know the story of him killing the Egyptian. There was the time that he went. He got angry and he smote the rock, upset God when he did that, disobeyed what God told him to do, and because of that, he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. God let him look at it from a hill, but he wasn't allowed to enter in. Moses, he couldn't control. Sin, and we could go on and on about amazing people that were in the Bible that did some amazing things, but none of them ever came close to conquering sin. None of them. And we live in a culture today that's fascinated with superheroes. It's people with extraordinary abilities. And one thing that, you know, that all superheroes have in common is they all have these, you know, personal struggles and weaknesses that, you know, 
I don't know, make them interesting that we can kind of relate with them on. You know, Superman, he's got the kryptonite, you know, and he's always, uh, you know, he's always struggling with all these personal things and stuff. But in Superman, he's probably the, he's probably the most famous out of all the superheroes. That's why we're picking him. But and there's there are there's a lot of things in the Superman story that sounds symbolic of God sending Jesus into the world, and that, I tell you that just like I said I, I don't like that. Some of the Superman shows they'll even refer to him as a savior and stuff, and it just uh, you know I don't like that at all. And you know Superman he may have some pretty neat skills, but you know Superman first one he's fake, he's made up. The guy wears a leotard. With his underwear on the outside, I mean, you know, that, what what's that all about? You know, he, I mean, he's a fornicator. He's done all kinds. Of, I, I've heard in some of the latest comic books, he doesn't want to be an American citizen anymore because it's just not enough standing for truth, justice in the American way. I mean, he's turning into communist or something. I don't know what that's all about, but it's fake. But boy, do we get fascinated! I mean, millions and millions of dollars are spent on all this Superman stuff, and I mean, and they will make millions and millions. On this next movie, and and everybody knows that he's not real, but there's just something entertaining about a guy who can fly, and about somebody who's bulletproof that nothing can touch him, something that you know nothing can hurt you know except kryptonite. And you know while people waste so much time idolizing these myths, we ignore an amazing story about the real Superman, Jesus Christ. And I want to look at a few stories. I, there's a whole bunch of scripts that I give. I, I probably won't have time to, to get into all of it. But I, I want to look at a few stories. Um, we were talking about this yesterday. How I was talking about some in, in the book of Leviticus. If you, if you read the book of Leviticus, I'm just going to be honest with you. Some of it, I'm not going to say boring. That sounds terrible. Some of it's not real interesting. Okay, if you're it's it's not you know I mean who cares what the priest wore you know who cares you know about all these little you know things that we don't even know what they're talking about a lot of times but you know when you study that stuff it's all there for a reason and I remember one time I was reading through some of these stories and I noticed something in there that made this passage in Matthew chapter nine very interesting but Matthew chapter nine verse eighteen it says while he spake these things. Unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, He said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed Him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, He went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. So we see the story where Jesus touches the hand of a dead girl and she comes back to life. We see a story where a woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of Jesus' garment and she's made whole. And then, uh, one chapter back in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, it says, When He was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped Him, saying, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth His hand and touched him, 
saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So here we see a story of Jesus touching a leper and that leper being cleansed. Now, I want us to go back to the book of Numbers chapter 5. Now here's the amazing thing about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, He Bible says He fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ, the law, that this Old Testament law, the books of Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Jesus fulfilled all those things. Jesus Christ never sinned one time. I mean, every little detail, He followed it. Jesus Christ, He was, uh, he, I, he was not even capable of sinning. Sinning, the thing that gets all of us. You know, I don't know about you all, but I've never been, uh, you know, I've never been under danger at the hand of, you know, Lex Luthor. I've never had aliens coming after me uh, where, that, where I needed their protection or anything like that. You know, Batman's never had to save me from the Joker. Anything like that. Never had any of that. But let me tell you, I've had plenty of struggles in my life as a result of sin. There's been plenty of times where I've been defeated because of sin. That's one thing that I do have to fight and that's one thing I do have to face. I'm not under a threat of alien invasion right now, but I am under the threat of sin destroying my life if I'm not careful. And let me tell you, if there's somebody, there really is somebody that's able to handle that and able to conquer that and that's not able to touch, I'm interested in that person. Because that's a real struggle that I face. Somebody who has been able to conquer all those things that sin could not, it could not touch, it could not do anything to them. Sin, it does horrible things to us. It brings us sorrow, it brings us pain, it does so many horrible things, but Jesus Christ, it could not hurt them. And in Numbers chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper and every one that hath an issue, and whose Whoever, whosoever is defiled by the dead, both male and female, shall ye put out without the camp, shall ye put them, that they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. And the children of Israel did so and put them without the camp as the Lord spake unto Moses, so did the children of Israel. If somebody was a leper, if they had that horrible disease of leprosy, this sounds terrible, but they, got, they had to leave town. They had to get out of the camp. It was a contagious disease. There was nothing they could do to stop it. And if they weren't careful, they could pass that on to other people. And so they'd have to go and say, hey, you've got to leave your family. You've got to leave your house. You've got to get out of town. It sounds pretty horrible. And then Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45 through 46 says, And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. If you had leprosy, you were supposed to have rent clothes. You were supposed to go around with a cloth covering your upper lip. And if somebody came around you, you had to holler, unclean, unclean, so people would know, hey, we need to stay away from that person. Can you imagine that? That'd be horrible. I mean, imagine how lonely it would be to be alone and to be outside the camp. But if anybody came around, you know they probably like to talk to people. They'd like to have some companionship. But they would. They'd have. They had to stay out because it would spread, and it was a death sentence to get leprosy. You're, you were going to die if somebody else came along and they touched you and they got that disease. They're going to die. It sounds cruel, but it was what was necessary because it was such a horrible disease. And I tell you, our sin is a horrible disease. And our sin is something that there's there's nothing that we can do about it. 
But there was a law against touching lepers, yet we see in Matthew that Jesus Christ touched a leper. Was G- did Jesus Christ break a law? Did Jesus Christ sin? They weren't supposed to touch lepers. So why wasn't it a sin for Jesus to touch a leper? Because Jesus was a real Superman. See, in Superman, the movie, he can get shot all he wants. I mean, I saw in one, he got shot point blank right in the eye and the bullet bounced right off his eye. Okay? Superman gets shot, not a problem. He's bulletproof. You and I get shot, big problem. We're not. You and I touch somebody with leprosy, big problem. We'll become unclean. We'll get the disease. Jesus Christ, because He was God, because He was who He was, when Jesus Christ touched a leper, Jesus Christ didn't become a leper. They became cleansed. That's that's what happened. Jesus, He would touch them and because Jesus can't break the law, because Jesus can't sin, when He would touch that leper, they were no longer a leper. Jesus didn't break any law. He didn't touch a leper. He was up until the point where He touched him. The woman uh, with an issue of blood that touched the hem of Jesus' garment, we're not going to take time to read it, but if you read um, Leviticus chapter 15, verse 19-23, through 23, people that had that disease, anything they touched was unclean. Anybody who touched what they had touched was unclean. And it, it, Jesus Christ, and so she comes along, Jesus is walking along, and she touches the hem of His garment. Jesus should have been unclean. But no. Jesus Christ cannot be touched with sin. Jesus Christ was not capable of sin. And when that woman touched Jesus' garment, Jesus Christ did not become unclean. She became clean. What an amazing thing. Also, in that story, we saw where Jesus touched the hand of a dead person. In Leviticus chapter 21, verse 1 through 4. Said the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto the priest, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. This is talking for the priest, but for his kin that is near unto him, that is for his father, for uh, for his father, for his mother, and for his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, for his brother, or for his sister, a virgin that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her he may be defiled. But ye shall not defile. But he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. A priest they were not supposed to touch a dead person unless it was a close relative. They weren't supposed to go by him. They weren't supposed to touch them. And Jesus Christ say, well, Jesus wasn't a priest. Well, actually, Hebrews chapter three and verse one, we see that Jesus Christ uh, he was a priest. It says, uh, let's find the verse here. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So Jesus, He's not supposed to touch anything that's dead. He's not supposed to touch a dead body. That's breaking the law. That would be defiling Himself. But Jesus Christ, notice when He touched that girl's hand, He didn't break the law. Because once He touched her hand, she wasn't dead. She was alive. She was living. That is our Savior. And I tell you, that excites me because one thing I know for sure is that I've got an incurable disease too. I'm a sinner. 
that I have, I, I, I'm an unholy thing. I, my righteousness is a filthy rag. I can't stand before God in this sin condition of mine. I'm not worthy of it. I don't deserve it. Nothing that's wicked, nothing that's sinful can stand before God. But you know what? There's good. But I thank God there was that I was able to put my faith and trust in Him. And Jesus Christ, He touched my life. Jesus Christ cleansed my soul from its sin. Jesus Christ touched me and He didn't become dirty. He, I became clean. You know, you and I, as normal mortal man, if we touch something that is, if we're clean, you go take a bath, you go get as clean as you want, but if you touch something that's dirty, you touch something that smells bad, it's not going to start smelling good. You're going to start smelling bad. You're going to be dirty. It's going to, it rubs off. It's going to come off on us. We can easily be corrupted by these things, but Jesus Christ cannot. He was God, and I tell you, what an amazing, Amazing man this was that could not be touched by sin. Boy, we get so fascinated over somebody who can who can handle bullets. But boy, somebody who could not be touched by sin. He couldn't do it. Not only could Jesus not be touched by sin, he could not be held by death. Ephesians chapter four, verse eight through ten. Got a lot of so many scriptures I'd like to share with you. We won't even have time to get into all of them. Ephesians four eight through ten it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascendeth up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that descended up far above all heavens that He might fill all things. That's talking about when Jesus Christ died. Have you ever wondered what was going on those three days and three nights that He was in that tomb? I'll tell you, He wasn't just laying there dead. He went to where the souls of the departed went. Where those Old Testament saints went. That place, paradise, it was in the lower parts of the earth. And Jesus Christ, they couldn't hold Him there. Everybody else had been held there since the day that they had died. But all of a sudden, Jesus Christ shows up and they couldn't keep Him there. And not only did Jesus Christ leave that area, but He took those Old Testament saints with Him. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead on that third day and Jesus Christ ascended up to heaven. And what an amazing event that was. Death could not hold Him. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. I like what this verse says. Jesus is talking. He says, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus Christ, He couldn't be held by death. And by the way, the only reason Jesus died in the first place was because He laid down His life. He died for our sins. I mean, the Romans, He could have stopped them just like that. It was the only reason Jesus was able to die was because He took our sin upon Himself. He paid for our sins on the cross. It was our sins that killed Him. Don't blame the Jews. Don't blame the Romans. Blame yourself. It was your sin that caused Jesus Christ to die. But because this was not another man like you and I that was a sinner, because He was without sin, death could not hold Him. He had the keys of death and of hell. And He was able to lead those Old Testament saints out of there into heaven. And someday when we die, we don't have to go to some place where we're separated from God. We don't have to go to hell. We can go to heaven. Because Jesus Christ conquered sin. He conquered death. It could not hold Him. 
I mean, Jesus, I mean, what what an amazing thing that is. You know, I, I heard, I just heard uh, about a month ago that apparently in the latest uh, Spider-Man comic book, Spider-Man gets killed. Peter Parker dies. Oh man, another superhero dead. Well, you know, they all end up dying eventually. <laughs> and it's not even real. Jesus Christ, though, he died, but he couldn't stay dead. He came back to life, and it said there in Revelation, he is alive forevermore. He is not going to die. He has no weakness. There is no kryptonite for Jesus Christ. Absolutely none. He is alive forevermore, and thank God, we can live through him. Listen. You waste your time all you want with the superhero movies and the comic books and all that stuff, but you're never going to be able to do any of those things. That's never going to happen. As much as I'd like to, I'm never going to be able to fly around. I'm never going to be able to be bulletproof. I'm never going to be able to do any of those things. But I see in the Bible where someday I'm going to be like Christ. That day when I see Him, when we see Him, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Someday I'm going to be like that. Someday, I'm not going to have a problem with sin anymore. Someday, I'm going to be like Him and I'll never be able to die. I mean, I don't know about you, but that excites me. I don't have the hope of being Superman or Spider-Man or the Incredible Hulk or any of those things. But I can be like Jesus Christ someday. And in the meantime, said I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but you know what? That's not going to stop me from doing my best to be like Him. That's not going to stop me from doing whatever I can do to pattern my life after His life, to do the things that He did, to preach the things that He preached, to follow the things that He taught. I can do all those things and I can try to be as much like Him as possible and His Holy Spirit can give me power to do great things. His Holy Spirit can use me to accomplish great things for His will. No, I'll not... not ever gain the ability to fly or anything like that. But you know what? I can gain the ability to be a witness for Him and to see other people saved and to see other people be able to help other people change their lives and start following after Him and to take more people to heaven with me. I can't have that ability through Him. Jesus, He had so many great abilities. There's so many miracles we could talk about. In John chapter 20, verse 19-20, through we see a story where the doors were shut and the disciples were all gathered there together. And all of a sudden, Jesus is in the midst of them. Apparently, after Jesus resurrected, He could walk through walls. You know, the truth is, Jesus Christ, they didn't have to roll that stone away from the tomb for Him to get out. I believe they rolled that stone away so His disciples could get in. And so everyone could see that, hey, He's not there, for He is risen. Jesus Christ, He was able to heal people. He was able to raise the dead. Even just with a word, people would come to Jesus and say, you know, could you please come and heal my son? Could you please come and heal this person? And He would just... They're whole. They're fine. And they'd go back and sure enough, just like Jesus said, they were fine. Someday, Jesus is going to defeat an entire army like this world has never seen simply by speaking to them. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11-16, through 16, we see the story of the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says that out of His mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. And I personally don't, I don't believe there's a sword that's going to pop out of His mouth, but I believe that sharp two-edged sword is what the Bible says. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And He's going to start quoting Bible to them. And it literally is going to kill them dead right there. Jesus Christ is going to do that while He's flying in on a white horse. That looks, that's pretty exciting if you ask me. 
Jesus Christ. He ascended up. Brother Bob Johnson, many remember Brother Bob Johnson that was here a while back, a missionary to Haiti, and he uh, he's got some interesting stories that he could tell you about some of the things he's faced. They got a lot of witch doctors over there, and he told his story. Brother Johnson, I mean, you and I were like, you know, this is foreign stuff to us. We don't see a lot of this in America. But he said we, he was uh, he was out there one day, and he went up to this man. And this man was a witch doctor, and he started telling this man about Jesus. And he and that man looked at me and said, "Can your God do this?" And that guy went and levitated himself. And he just, for maybe a minute or two, the guy just floated there. Alright? This is what he told me. And he said he just stood there and the guy got done, came back down. Brother Johnson looked and that man looked at him and he said, can your God do that? He's just like, you know what? My God ascended up. He floated all the way up into the clouds 2,000 years ago and hasn't come back down yet. <laughs> he said the guy just looked at him and said... Oh, <laughs> went back into his house. No. I mean, it's just I, I think our our God is amazing. He beats anything. I mean, any God, any one. I mean, uh, any false God, any fake made up myth. He beats every single one of them. And I, I tell you, I, it blows my mind while people aren't more fascinated with him. Jesus will someday create a new heaven and a new earth, the same way he created the first one. With the Word of God. Amen. With His mouth. He'll speak it into existence. And you know, superheroes' abilities today, they're all about what make great visuals on the television for entertainment purposes only. But when it comes right down to it, when you have problems that are real, fictional superheroes can do absolutely nothing for you. Listen, the problems that we're facing today, they're real problems. Okay? The maybe emotional problems, the physical problems, whatever it is, they're real problems. And you can watch that stuff until you're blue in the face. You can watch those movies so you have them memorized. You can read every single one of the comic books that have ever been written. It's not going to do a thing to fix your problem. It's not going to do one thing. But the stories of Jesus Christ, they're not in the Bible for entertainment purposes. Well, it is enjoyable to read. Well, it is a lot of fun to study. They're there to show us what He can do for us. You know, the reason He put those things in, you know, just in case anybody ever questions whether or not I can raise them from the dead. Because you know what? Someday, when we die, our bodies, they die, and they go, we put them into the ground, and our souls, they go on to heaven. But the Bible talks about a physical resurrection. There's coming a day when this body will be changed into one like Christ. I might die first. This body might rot away first. But there's going to come a day where I'm going to be resurrected. Well, God knew hey, there might be some people that maybe struggle with that. Maybe have some doubts about that a little bit. So we put stories in the Bible of Him raising people from the dead. Even guys like Lazarus who'd been dead for four days, whose carcasses were already starting to smell. He raised them from the dead. Hey, just in case anybody's wondering. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though you were uh, dead, yet shall he live. And he did it. He went there and he cried, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came back from the dead. And just like he did that with Lazarus, he's going to do that with us someday. He was just giving us a little example of it right there. The people he raised from the dead. The diseases he would heal people from. Uh, the people who are lame, who, who couldn't walk. Listen, there's some people, I mean, their lives are so wrecked with sin. In their minds, they think, I could never do anything for God. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could accomplish. I have no abilities. My life is too messed up. 
You know what? Jesus put some stories about some people who were pretty messed up physically, and He took care of their problems just by a touch. And you know what? He can do the same thing in your life. So you don't know what I've gone through, done in my past. You don't know what since. I don't really need to. I don't. I don't have to. It doesn't really matter. I've seen what Jesus did to people in the Bible. I've seen the things that He's done in my own life and in the lives of other people. And I'm here today to tell you that He can handle it. You just got to have a little bit of faith. You just got to trust Him. He can do it. These these stories are there to show us what He can do for us. When you have a problem, Jesus Christ is the one that can fix them. First Peter chapter two verse twenty one. First Peter two verse twenty one says, "For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps." who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned under the shepherd and bishop of your souls. You know, this law, the, the Old Testament law, this Word of God that we have, that there's, let's be honest, there's quite a few rules in here. Some that we like, some that we don't like. This law is, was made to protect us because you and I are not bulletproof. You and I, we can be touched by sin. We can be destroyed by sins. Our life can be ruined by it. We can't defeat it. None of us have. We're all sinners in here today. None of us can defeat death. Listen, the coming of Christ is the only thing that's going to stop us from dying. Eventually, we are all going to be dead. It's going to happen. Psalms chapter 90, verse 10 says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That's seventy. And if by reason of strength they shall be fourscore, 80 years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. You don't have to admit this, but how many in here would admit that they are over 70 in here today? You'll admit you're over 70. Hey, you know what? According to the Bible, it was strength that got you past that. By reason of strength, they be four score. Alright, hey, you got some strength. You've done good. You've made it a long time. But you know what? None of us can make it forever. There's some people, they make it into their hundreds. Eventually, we're all, it's going to get all of us. I'm not trying to depress anybody. But it's just a reality. It's a truth. We can't defeat death. But there is somebody who did. And I don't know about you, but that kind of fascinates me a little bit. That kind of gets my attention. Somebody who could defeat sin that sin couldn't touch. Somebody that could defeat death that death could not hold down. That kind of person gets my attention. And especially when I find out that He can, that he can do those things for me. Because I can't defeat sin. Just like you know, in all in all the comic books and in all the movies, you know, oh, we've got the you know the military can't handle you know this uh, alien invasion. All these they've got these robots that are bulletproof that are even atomic bombs can't handle. You know, it's time for Superman. It's time for whoever. Okay, we can't. 
You know, so we're totally fascinated by that. But listen, there is something that's real that we can't handle. We can't defeat sin, but we can't defeat death. But Jesus Christ can defeat them for us. He can give us the strength to overcome those things. The real Superman, the real superhero, the only one, Jesus Christ. And my challenge to you today is that one, if you've never put your faith and trust in Him for salvation. I hope you'll do that. I hope you talk to one of us. We'd love to take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. But if that's you today, if you're saved, you know what my challenge to you today is? Get a little more fascinated with Jesus Christ. Start patterning your life after Him. You know, we see people all the time, you know, they'll wear a shirt with the Superman logo or Batman or whatever. And, you know, hey, they don't they don't mind. It's like you're not Superman. They don't care. Hey, they like the guy. And you know what? Hey, none of us in here are Jesus Christ. But you know what? We can try to be like Him. We can try to be more like Him. We can try to pattern our life after Him. I mean, we can we can get close to Him. We can get to know Him. We can talk to Him in prayer. We can bring. I mean, there's there's so much that we can do with Jesus Christ that is completely one hundred percent real. It does. Yes, I know Hollywood. They're good at all the pictures and and all that thing. You know, it's entertaining, but it's it's not real. We need something today in this country that's real, and Jesus Christ is that. So let's all stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed.